right, and welcome back to the show. This is Business in the Morning, conversations around sales, marketing, innovation, and transformative leadership. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Todd Youngblood. Good morning, Todd. Good morning, sir. You ready for another lesson today? This is one of my, and always has been, one of my favorite topics. What's that? Sales and all that that implies? Just the very, very front end of the whole sales process. Anybody, you know, once you get in front of a decision maker with some credibility, then shoot, that's more than half the battle. Getting there is the tough part. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You and I built a business on how to help get there, so we can never learn enough about that process. So looking forward to today's show. Say hello to our guests. We're joined by David and Marnell Hibbard. They are the co-partners at Dialexis. Welcome to the show, David and Marnell. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Welcome to now, it's you. good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making time. You guys are also the co-authors of a book called Soar Selling, so we're going to get into that today. Before we begin, take a few seconds and tell us a little bit about you and your background. Let's start with you, David. The best way to put it is a formal business was Procter & Gamble, moved out of the formal piece of that work, got into the gunslinger business of commercial real estate, eat what you kill, straight to commission, no draw, no salary, no health insurance, no cell phone allowances, no gas allowances find a deal, make money, or die. That's a great way to live. That's how I've always lived. Marnell, what's your story? (laughs) It is absolutely the same, except I was a single mom along the way. So, you know, take that one. I was in commercial real estate, and actually David and I met 32 years ago, and I actually worked for Dave, and he probably was one of the best in the business and at making contact, finding business. In fact, he won't tell you this, but he was the number one rookie of the year for a big national real estate firm. And it was all about finding new business. You know, that's kind of the short stroke of my background. And it's been an exciting ride. Yeah, well, the ride will continue, I have no doubt. Uh, before we get into the book, do us give us a quick rundown of Dialexis. What do you do? How are you serving your market? Certainly. As a matter of fact, some of the same things you speak about, our passion really is about leadership. And it's about how to develop and build people. And one of the things that we were known for in the marketplace we were at was in from commercial real estate was about, you know, growing the commercial real estate world, that business model. And it was all through teaching salespeople how to be more effective. So our business is that model, teaching salespeople how to make contact. I think we're the number one in the world that does that. And then also the leadership component, how to build people to be their best. Well, I really want to dive into the book. As I look through it, it's about, as I interpret it anyway, making cold calls, getting through to someone. There are, I don't know how many thousands of books on that topic. What makes this one different? Why'd you feel like you had to write it? Well, uh, we don't think of it as cold calling, so we'd like to erase that from the tape. (laughs) 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 Can I admit to setting it up a little bit? (laughs) You know what? Uh, I love that you said it, and I'll tell you why. Because it gives us an opening to define ourselves in a different way, and that is we don't think about cold calling when we wrote SOAR. This is about strategic contact. It's really a target methodology for driving net new business and putting forth a powerful demand generation platform. So our view is that salespeople who are making 50 or 100 calls a day and killing themselves are just 
hating it, and it causes attrition and unethical dialing. And so what we did was we wrote source selling from a foundation, not having to make that number of calls. So, for example, if, if someone's making, they want to reach 10 people, today, many of them are still making 100 calls. With SOAR, if you want to reach 10 executives, 10 decision makers, you may only have to make 12 calls. So it's quite a difference. It's more of a target approach rather than just a cold call blast. Right. And Todd, I would, you know, bring that home. That's the difference. So to me, the efficiencies are amazing. So if I only have to make 12 dials to make contact with a decision maker or high influence, high influencer 90% of the time, I mean, that in itself, I think is is earth shattering. I really do. Well, it's a bold claim. I, I mean, it, I, I suspect you have some some results to back up. I mean, but as Todd said, there's I'm counting right now 14 million books on this idea. Talk about the numbers. I mean, talk about. I I, I want to. You know, we can't divulge all the secrets on the show. We want people to buy the book, but but talk about the numbers and 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 how it works. Sure, absolutely. Well, you said something that was really important to me. That's a bold claim. Absolutely. Beyond a bold claim, I mean, it's a bold statement. We have fracked the last 10 years using live dial in a classroom when we teach source selling to live uh, corporations. So in a live setting, we're there calculating the numbers, how many times the, the caller made a call and made it through to get through to a decision maker, high influencer. And I've got to tell you, Todd, when the mindset of the people, which is part of the book, is really on target, they can get through 100% of the time. Is that wild? And so, Todd, the other piece of that, to answer your question, is that when we do this at large corporations like Dell Computer, IBM, Xerox, Cisco, Oracle, companies like that, they often will choose to measure it. And so, SOAR has a metric measurement process that would be trackable over a three-month period or, or an annual period that demonstrates the statistics that are shown in the SOAR selling book. And so uh, not only do we say it, but it's trackable and provable, and we have companies who have done it that are some of the most admired corporations in America. All right. Now, I want to be sure I understood something. Uh, you, you just referenced Dell. Did I hear correctly that Dell is a client and is utilizing the SOAR strategy? The way that we introduce it is that oftentimes clients will introduce it, use it, and then not use it for a while. Dell invited us into their company. So did all the other people I mentioned. So did so many other Fortune 500 and, and Fortune respected companies and many smaller companies have invited us in. Many continue to use it. Some, you know, use it for a small group and then they've used it. But Dell did invite us in and Dell doesn't invite many people in. I can tell you that because Dell, their view is they do it the Dell way. And in order to be able to get into that company in the world of selling, you have to have something that's quite differentiated. And that's how it happens. Yeah, no, I understand that. And I get that. The The question I have is if, if I'm a sales rep for Dell, the name and the brand and the reputation may perhaps carry some of the weight. Talk about the strategy for someone who works for an unrecognized brand. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm going to make a distinction right now, Todd. First distinction is that this methodology, the SOAR formula, if you will, even how many times have you made a phone call and you know the person that you're going to be speaking to and they're in a meeting or you get voicemail or you leave a message and then they call you back and then they miss you and we even have a term for it, you're, tag you're it, right? All right? Using the SOAR methodology, it doesn't even... Ha- you can have a big name card 
like an IBM or a Dell, or you can have a non-brand card and get through just as successfully. So the methodology works whether you know someone, you have a a big-name card, or you have a no-name card. So the philosophy or the the metrics work exactly. Even even these big-name card companies, their sales force still has a tough time making contact on net new calls. And same thing. They still have the same struggle. doesn't matter about their title. Marnell, a few minutes back, you referenced the need to have a different mindset. Talk a little bit about what kind of mindset is that? I love that. You know, I mean, probably because we came from full commission, that the mindset of a salesperson, especially when they're making a new call, is usually not as powerful as it could be. In other words, they may be not confident because they're they feel like they've already got a little bit of a story that well you know what Todd's busy or he's going to be in a meeting and so their mindset to get through to you is not as strong as it could be so I use the parking places you know some people think it doesn't matter if it's at the beach on 4th of July weekend of course I can get a parking spot and some of your you know listeners can relate to that when other people think ah I probably won't get a parking place and they talk themselves out of a parking place. So I think a lot of times salespeople talk themselves out of the potential to make contact. So mindset is an important part of what we set up before we ever teach the process or the technical skills of that we use in SOAR. Well, amen to that. I can I can say that the, to wrap the segment, a majority of the salespeople I've interacted with over the years, their mindset is in the wrong place. All right, we'll be back with Dave and Marnell after this short commercial break. Wondering if technology can help you run your business better? To help you better manage your data? To make more informed, more strategic, and faster business decisions? Say hello to Savad Business Solutions. We don't rest until we identify and put into place customized solutions to remove the bottlenecks from your organization, making you better, faster, and more effective. Learn more at SavadSolutions.com. That's S-I-V-A-D solutions.com. All right, and we're back with Dave and Marnell, the co-authors of Soar Selling. Dave and Marnell, it's always been a belief of mine that being well prepared when making a sales call, you know, be it the very first conversation or the hundredth conversation that you're having with a decision maker, talk through a little bit of the, the preparation process prior to reaching out and making that contact. Great question. Great yeah, question. great question. Well, first of all, Todd, salespeople are not prepared when they make a net new call. They're prepared oftentimes if they reach someone, and even that's a bit iffy. Where salespeople seem to be mostly prepared is once they get in and they're in front of somebody, they're they're pretty prepared. They have their material, they know their product knowledge, etc. They're usually pretty good. Where the hole in the boat is, is how to reach a person on the telephone. They're not prepared for that. They don't know how to do It's a daunting task, and that's why they make 100 or 50 calls a day, because they really don't know how. So it doesn't matter how prepared they think they are, they don't know how to do it, and we have evidence of it all over. And then once they do make contact because of luck, we call it by the 
numbers plus, plus luck, BTN plus L, by the numbers plus luck. Once they do make contact, they often don't say something that is compelling that leads them into an appointment. And they'll say stupid stuff, not, not because they're stupid. They just don't say something compelling. You know why? Because they've never made contact before. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> so have, they don't know what to do. <laughs> but, but salespeople are not prepared with the mechanics or the mindset of how to make contact, which means the telephone is being underutilized today because it, it has been supporting them. So they look at it as if it doesn't work. So why not just do social media or go to networking groups and do that? Because the phone obviously doesn't work that well. And in fact, it does. But not knowing how creates a lot of discouragement. And SOAR teaches how and also, as you know, the mindset. May I answer that maybe a little differently? So my view on preparation is the biggest thing. I think salespeople, I am one of them and I always will be. Knowing your product is so important. So preparation is key in my mind for that. But second thing, honestly, is that they really oftentimes aren't ready for that decision maker to pick up the phone. And so their value statement isn't as strong as it could be. So they're not used to that. They're used to maybe a softer introduction where hey, Todd, call Marnell, and oh, hi, I'm expecting your call. But they really need to be better at, and I know that that's something that I've seen when they do get better at their value statement, you know, why would you as a decision maker even take the time to speak to them? When they get prepared in that avenue, I think that they're so much further ahead of the game. Yeah, and and Todd, let me tell you something. We love all these sales folks out there that are working really hard to make it happen. They are in brutal jobs, and they're someone's son, daughter, whatever, and brother, sister, whatever, they're out there making these calls and corporations don't know how to tell them how to make contact. And so they sit there all day long and hammer out calls. And it is absolutely brutal, as is indicated by the fact that lots of university students coming out of school don't want to go into selling because the image of sales is, you know, cold calling and it's unethical and lying and all of these things. And so it just goes round and round. And we, we stand for professional selling and ethical contact and all of the things that are written in SOAR. And we have a lot of empathy for salespeople who are working very hard to do the best that they can. Well, see, I think they're doing it wrong. If someone says, oh, I'm in sales and my job is brutal, well, then they're doing it all wrong. Todd and I are in sales, and we have a heck of a good time doing what we do. It's amazing to me the, the mindset that, that well, frankly, the mindset shift that needs to occur in most of the sales profession is, is unbelievable. Hey, what does what does SOAR actually mean? I, I suspect it's far more than soaring above the clouds. It is. It's an acronym for surge of accelerating revenue because if you use this methodology, whether you're senior or junior, it really does help increase Mm -hmm. your top line production as far as finding that new business. And, you know, you said something really interesting, Todd, is that you guys have fun. And so Dave and I have fun and we love the world that selling has given us. I mean, it's just profound, you know, where we live or, I mean, everything that we have has been because of this profession. And so I think it is fun. And I think, again, if you've got the right tools, and I want you to know that I think SOAR is like um, an Allen wrench or something. I think whether you're a senior person or you're a leader directing salespeople, I think an Allen wrench, you may not use it very often, but when you need it, there's no other tool in your toolbox that can make that thing work like an Allen wrench can. 
Well, let's dip a little deeper into the into the actual methodology itself. Dave, we talked about preparation. We talked about mindset. What else? What are the other major components of the methodology? Well, you know, the funny there's there's several. One of them is when people do make a call that they have forward research, especially for enterprise type accounts. They have forward research that they understand enough about the account and and what the mission is of the executive of that company, so they can make a compelling statement when the person answers. But in terms of making con some of the components that make a difference are, as Marnell said, one is your pre-mindset, you know, you, that you will make con- We always say to them before they dial, what is your intent? And they'll say things like, well, I'm going to try to reach the CEO. And then we'll say, try or reach? Oh, yeah, yeah. Reach. Okay. That, that is a big tell. So if you ask someone and they'll say that. I'm going to try to reach, or I'm going to see if he's in. See or, if I can get through, right. things like that. Exactly. And, and and that's after we've instructed them. They still have that mindset to shift over. But there are a handful of techniques that are outlined in SOAR for how to get past receptionists in a professional way so you have a better shot at making contact with a decision-maker, high influencer. Yeah, let's try one right now. One of the things... Well, do you want to try one? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, so we'll, we'll do it. We'll show you. What, one of the things that we talk about is keyword listening because in our many years working with salespeople, they say, how do you get around voicemail? How do you get around voicemail? So let's do a role play. Well, let's, first, let's first talk about the first blockade in a company is receptionist. And that is really the first spot. And that's where most of the blocks begin. And so let's talk about the little things, little tiny, we call them grains of sand, that add up and cause a, a salesperson to hang up. Here's one, for example. See if you guys get this. We won't we will do it with you because we'll destroy your show. So here we go. <laughs> Okay. All right, okay. so, so I'll, we'll do I'll a quick roll yeah. here's, okay. how, here's how it goes. Go American ahead. Products. Uh, Bill Smith, please. Uh, who's calling? This is Dave Hibbard. Uh, I don't believe he's in. Okay. Um, do you know when he'll be back? Now, that's what a salesperson would say. Did you guys hear that? Yep, yep. I don't believe he's in. And I said, well, when will he be back? So let's do it the way that it should be, and you'll see the difference. Go ahead. American Products. Bill Smith, please. Uh, who's calling? This is Dave Hibbard. I don't believe he's in, Dave. Okay. Um, uh, is he out or has he stepped away or can you tell me? I just haven't seen him today. Okay. Let's try paging uh, and see if we can reach him. Do you have a page system? Uh, no, we don't. Oh, you don't. Okay. Who sits near Bill that might see if he's somewhere on the floor in the area that I might ask? Uh, you know what, Dave? I don't sit in that same building. I'm in a different building. Got it. Okay. I understand. Let's do this. In the event he is out, what is his business cell number? Perhaps I, perhaps I can reach him there. You know what? I I wouldn't have that number. Do you know who would have it? Um. Well, let's try it another way. We don't give it out. Okay, we don't give it out. Some, give, sometimes they give out the business cell at that moment in time just so you. That's something know. about thirty percent of the time. Yeah. So this time she says, uh, "I don't have that information. We don't give it out." You don't give the information out. Well, what if I hold? I understand, and you connect him and just see if he'd accept my call. I can hold. I don't need the number. Now, if we stop right there. There's all. Here's another one. I'll give you another one. So let's do a recap, Kevin. All right, go ahead. Just one second. Okay. So typically, what happens is at the first moment, I don't believe he's there. The receptionist will say, "Do you want the voicemail?" Voicemail. And 
honestly, it's like doom and gloom because the uh, the caller says, oh, okay, I'll take his voicemail. Well, I call it Groundhog Day because they're going to be calling that company back, going into voicemail like day after day after day unless they get through. Our biggest goal is for them to get through to see if there's potential for an opportunity. So when you are listening, we call this keyword listening, which is in chapter. What chapter is it, Dave? Keyword listening is in chapter. Sorry, skip that. We don't know the chapter. <laughs> I don't the know. Book. It's in the book. It is. It's in the book. It is. I don't know. I yeah, think it's I, in chapter I, five. I but anyway, is that you can qualify. Yeah. Ask the receptionist it's in chapter five. to be listening for, I'm sorry, can you help me understand what you mean by he's not in or I don't see him today? Here's another one. She just said it, but here's how it would go. We'll call it again. Watch this, you guys. We'll do this quick for your listeners. American Products. Uh, Bill Smith, please. Uh, who's calling? This is Dave Hibbard. Uh, just a moment, please. I'm, I'm on hold. Here she comes back. I'm sorry he's not available. Now, if, if she were to say, if it was a female operator, I'm sorry he's not available, Todd, what do you guys think most salespeople would say? Well, probably something along the lines of, you know, can I can you switch me to his voicemail or could you take a message? Exactly. Yes. Or they'll say, when will he be available? But the interesting thing is, is when the receptionist says he's not available, we say, well, what, what does that mean? We don't say that to the receptionist, but we're thinking, well, what does not available mean? Not available doesn't necessarily mean he's not available. And we have evidence of that all day long. For example, I would then say to the operator, in this case, Marnell says, I'm sorry, he's not available. I would say, operator, when you say he's not available, do you mean he's out of the office? He's in a meeting? He stepped away from his desk? You know why He just didn't pick up. Oh, he didn't pick up. So, right. So we're not sure if he's there. So why don't we try paging just in case? So we go back to a hunt track. And some people say, well, paging isn't uh, existing anymore, but it is. And it does exist, and it exists all over the board. Some companies don't have it. But words like he's not available doesn't mean he's not available. Words like send me something doesn't mean they're not interested. We don't even know what send. Most people say send me something means they're trying to brush you off. And then we'll say, well, how do you know that? So they're just words. So that is keyword listening, and that in my mind, is if you can really get underneath what it is. Because it's not, I don't think it's the intention. When I was first out of school, I was a receptionist. What a receptionist is all about is getting the call off their telephone, passing it through. That's why they always say voicemail. It's like hot potato, like quick voicemail. You want voicemail? Voicemail. Great. Go voicemail. They just want to get it off their line so then they can answer the other lines ringing. So some of that, uh, Todd, is what we're talking about. There are uh, keywords to listen to, and then there's a hunt track that goes on. It's outlined in the book under Chapter 5, and there's a hunt track in there that shows how to uh, how to uh, reach the person. But I think it's really the mindset underneath it that we talk a lot about in, uh, you know, what's in it for them. Because, you know, how many calls do you want to make for your company? As many calls as you need to to keep your job, maybe. But are you going to be motivated to be that aspiring person? I mean, Todd, Todd, you both, I mean, have your own gig. You're doing your own thing. You're really motivated to make this happen. And so you probably have a, a big vision for what you're too up to, what you two are up to. And that is what we try to inspire any sales leader to find out about their salespeople. What is going to motivate them? 
Yeah, gosh. Appreciate you guys doing the role play. That was actually interesting to hear, and and I suspect the audience will really enjoy and probably save that clip a bit and maybe play it a few times to learn some hacks and, and some and some new ideas there. Great stuff. And when someone tells me, send me something, I send them a customized, personalized video. That's one of the things that I do because they're not, they're not expecting that. So, uh-huh. All right. Well, the role play was great, but unfortunately, it took up a lot of our time. So uh, before we let you guys go, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they learn about Dialexis and where can they get their hands on the book, Source Selling? Well, that's a great question, and thank you for asking it, Todd. The best place to really dig into our world is go to our website, which is sourcelling.com, S-O-A-R, selling, S-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. And there's a, a ton of data, videos, uh, information, et cetera, there. Absolutely. And so it's like a resource center because Dave and I, I mean, we have really had a beautiful life because of the world of selling and we really like to give back. I think that's really important. You know, I mean, it's taken us a long time to get this to the finite, you know, system that SOAR is. So it really helps people get ahead. But the second thing I wanted to tell you is that we're speaking September 30th in Boston and it's called DemandCon, D-E-M-A-N-D-C-O-N. It's Demand Generation uh, Conference and we're speaking September 30th between 1.30 and 2.15 at the conference. So if you're in the Boston area, we'd love to see you and please come by and say hello and mention this show. We, you know, maybe can give you a book. I don't know. <laughs> All right. DemandCon's a great event. All right. David Hibbert and Marnell Hibbert, co-partners at Dialexis and co-authors of the book, Source Selling. David Marnell, it was great to have you. Thanks so much for making time Thanks for to the join. Thanks you, you guys. You're welcome. Thanks very much. Thank you. And good luck to your listeners. Go uh, out. Thanks a lot. We appreciate the new, the new spin and a couple of new insights on making contact. It's an important skill. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Well, that wraps this episode. On behalf of our guests, David Hibbert, Marnell Hibbert, my co-host, Todd Youngblood, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Business in the Morning. Business in the Morning.